Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Non Podcast for Friday, April 9th. The U.S. equity futures are not doing much. So S&P futures are up three points. That's just about eight basis points. Dow futures are up 50 points. That's about 15 basis points. NASDAQ futures are down 15 points. That's about 10 basis points. So not much movement in U.S. equity futures. The European equity indices are also relatively flat overall. Um, you're seeing some underperformance in cyclical groups. So basic resources, banks, and energy are all underperforming in Europe, and you're seeing outperformance in areas like healthcare and staples. Um, Airbus is also outperforming in Europe after it posted strong Q1 deliveries. Asia generally finished in the red across the board. Japan uh, did outperform, finished higher. So not much to talk about in terms of news. I think there were a bunch of economic numbers that were out overnight that were that are in focus this morning. So China inflation figures ran hot, especially the PPI was much higher than expected. So that's stoking some inflation worries. That's pushing yields higher, both in the US and Europe. That's probably the big theme this morning. You know, I remember, I think, um, just looking back over the course of Q2 so far, the big theme in the US at least has been kind of an unwind of the Q1 reopening trade. Um, as investors kind of return to both growth momentum stocks and treasuries, you've seen yields decline off their high. So, um, you know, this morning you're seeing yields reverse a little bit, given some renewed inflation concerns. Although I do think that um, treasury yields have seen their highs for the time being, um, and I think that this theme so far of kind of returning back to growth momentum stocks will probably stay in place for the time being. Um, and that is not a function of people questioning reopening and a rebound in growth. I think it's more an issue of that that view is fully embedded within the consensus right now. Um, there aren't many more people to convince that the U.S. pandemic um, is kind of coming to an end in the in the coming weeks. Um, you had soft German and French industrial production figures out this morning for the month of February. I don't think necessarily too shocking given that those countries were grappling or uh, were grappling at the time with the resurgence in COVID. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't think that's really kind of shifting anyone's view of the world. No major news on COVID um, this morning. It's kind of a very similar backdrop of U.S. doing well, especially on vaccinations. Europe not doing well, largely because of all of the safety regulatory concerns that that um, you know continue to overhang the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, no major news on the monetary policy front. You had Powell speak midday yesterday. Um, you know, again, the I had been thinking the Fed would be forced to kind of subtly change its messaging around um, quantitative easing, just given the strength of U.S. economic data that is not happening. Um, you know, if anything, the Fed is going out of its way to insist that um, to highlight the risks that are still present, including the uneven pace of global vaccinations, um, talking about how they are not worried about inflation at all, et cetera. So no shift in Fed messaging. Um, no one is really talking about um, having to consider tapering at this point in time. So full steam ahead in terms of um, Fed messaging. And then nothing all that incremental on the U.S. fiscal policy front either. Um, you know, I think investors are kind of making a few conclusions. Again, it's still very early in this process. Um, it's going to take months to kind of play out 
it's going to be passed on a completely partisan basis. So despite the outreach efforts from the White House to Republicans, it's very unlikely you're going to see any Republican, especially in the Senate, um, support the Build Back Better initiative, which means Democrats have to be nearly 100% aligned. Um, everyone has to vote um, in order to get these bills out of not just the Senate, but also the House. Remember, the House, the Democratic majority in the House is nearly as narrow as it is in the Senate. So you have to have near, um, you know, 100% unity within that party to kind of get these bills passed. Um, it looks very unlikely you're going to see the corporate go up to 28%, like Biden's asking for. 25% seems to be the ceiling. It looks likely that the full salt deduction will be reinstated. Um, and then the global minimum tax is probably the big wild card. Um, there certainly has been uh, momentum building towards it with um, you know, Yellen coming out this week um, and, and supporting the initiative and, and the EU speaking positively about um, you know, what's occurring in Washington. But this still seems like an issue, a topic that's, that's too complex for its own good. Um, similar to kind of the border adjustment tax from uh, Paul Ryan several years ago, which was just too complex to get past. So um, that's kind of the outlook on fiscal policy. I think geopolitics is going to become a bigger issue going forward. There are a lot of kind of hotspots in the world um, that probably are not getting enough attention. They're being drowned out by um, all the talk about fiscal policy, monetary policy, et cetera. So I talk about a bunch of those hotspots in the piece this morning, um, you know, specifically UK, Ukraine, Russia, um, Obviously, China remains a big area of tension with the U.S. And then the Iranian nuclear deal, you know, there were talks kicked off this week in Vienna about, um, you know, reconstituting that agreement, the 2015 agreement. And it sounds like there is progress occurring. Um, and if you were to go back to that agreement, that would lift sanctions off of Iran, which would allow it to sell a lot more oil, um, you know, internationally. So that's something also to keep in mind. Uh not a ton of major company specific news. Um, you know, definitely a few interesting items to note. They're all in the piece today. Um, and that's essentially it for news overnight. Again, very slow. I think, you know, this is kind of the, the quiet period ahead of uh, earnings, which kick off next Wednesday. For the calendar today, not a whole lot. You have US PPI at 830. Um, you know, a couple more Fed speakers. But again, it's all the Fed um, commentary has been very, very consistent, um, you know, to the extent anyone was going to kind of break rank and talk about how, um, you know, there needs to be a consideration at least of, of possible tightening steps. That's not happening. Biden's going to publish his quote unquote skinny budget. Um, I think this is kind of largely irrelevant. You're going to see a lot of headline flashes about, you know, White House proposes X spending for X topic. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, Congress really determines the budget. Um, you know, the White House doesn't really have uh, a ton of input into the process. So usually, the White House budget proposals um, generally are not really um, you know market moving events. Uh, and that's essentially it. No major earnings that are on today's calendar. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening.